Hello and welcome to the Glory Glory Monday podcast. I'm your host as always, Kyle Quinn, and joining me today is one of my regular co-hosts, Nigel Duffy. Welcome to the show, Nigel. Thank you, Kyle. Nice to be here. Okay, well, we managed to overcome Brighton yesterday. It was a real game of two halves. Brighton dominated the first half and probably deserved more than a one-goal lead. United came back a wee bit in the second half and were probably just about worthy of winning the game 2-1. So what was your thoughts on the game, Nigel? Oh, I was very disappointed last night, Kyle. I thought after the disappointing performance against Leicester when they virtually threw the towel in in that competition, that after a two-week break, even with players away on international duty, they would have come out firing in all cylinders from the start. But it, Brighton, 14th in the division, like in the previous game, dominated possession and we were very, very poor all over the pitch. Uh, lucky to get the result last night and happy to take it. Yeah, me too, absolutely. Um, and it's great to see Mason Greenwood back amongst the goals because I think we really need that because we haven't been getting much goals from our forwards lately. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he, 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 he pounced on it. It was a half-scuffed shot from Pogba, but he was he was on the ball, literally to knock it in with his head. Doesn't score many with his heads, but he's been playing really well the last few months and he deserves to get on the goal sheet again. Yeah, I think that goal reminded me of Cavani's winner against uh, Southampton. And uh, Solskjaer talked about how Cavani had been you know, teaching Greenwood on the training ground. So that seems to have benefited him because uh, it was very much like a Cavani header. Very instinctive. It was. All, all top goal scorers should be pouncing in and around the box where get flicks off the goalkeeper or headers like that. That, that was instinctive. Very, very good finish. Yeah, really pleasing. Um, Rashford didn't look fit uh, yesterday. He wasn't doing any work off the ball, and but it was great to see him, you know, get on the score sheet. Um, and then he limped off afterwards, and he he's looking like he's really running on empty at the moment, doesn't he? He he does. He he looks absolutely punctured to me. It was an amazing decision by the manager to start him in that game. He hadn't figured in the England squad for the three games had been withdrawn. Uh, as you said recently, I think he needs a rest. He, he's obviously playing with some sort of long-standing injury, which isn't doing him any good at all. And there are options on the bench, and I don't see why he, he started not fully fit last night. Yeah, I think he, he had to leave him out in midweek. There's no way he can play again after that. Um, with the big talking point in the build-up to the game was which goalkeeper was he going to select? And he selected Dean Henderson, and it does very much seem like Dino is the number one now. Uh, well, delighted to see that. Yeah. Um, he he put in a pretty decent performance when 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 he was called upon, um, and we he, he made a great save and from Wilbeck's initial header, uh, but nothing he could do about the rebound. Um, he tipped one over the bar as well. Although he did he did drop one at one point and uh, he got away with it. And uh, it's, it's his distribution and his, and his commanding of the area that really impresses me and those are skills that the gay doesn't have without a doubt without it, he communicates very well with his back four and as you say can bowl the ball out left side and right side and that's invaluable in a very quick game when United need to go with pace to catch the opponent unaware so he's definitely an asset do you think now that the gay will become the Europa League keeper or will Henderson play every game I think he'll, he'll become the Europa 
goalkeeper. I don't think uh, Solskjaer has it in him to make it a definitive choice. And he's already said in his pre-match conference yesterday that you'll see more of De Gea this this season, but he didn't stipulate when. But I think you've called it correctly. I think he, he'll play in Europe and hopefully Hendo will start every league game from now to the end of the season. I think Henderson might be a bit disappointed about that because that, that, that's a trophy that United could win and he would like to be the keeper that, that leads United to that trophy. So um, I don't think he'd like that very much, but I suppose having the status as being number one is the most important thing for him and he'll be, he'll be happy with that. Um, other major talking points from the game is definitely the performance of Fred. Uh, he just does not belong in my eyes midfield, you know, constantly giving the ball away and teams, uh, opposition players just go past him like he's a ghost and okay, he makes the odd good tackle and he's tenacious but he just doesn't belong at this level, does he? No, he's not. He's not the quality we need at the club. He's had more than enough chances and uh, to keep McTominay out is an amazing decision. Does does the manager think because McTominay played at an international level that a young fellow making his career, 24, 25, whatever he is, should be starting every game? He's He's more creative, he gets up and down and he scores goals. Fred has absolutely nothing to offer except Endeavour, Kyle, and, and at a big club like ours, we can't carry passengers like that. No, uh, the only possible explanation I can think of is that uh, McTominay is more of a box-to-box midfielder, whereas Fred is more defensive midfielder, and he wanted someone to, to sit in there, particularly as Pogba was playing alongside him. Uh, and McTominay can do a job as a defensive midfielder, but it's not his strongest you know, position. Um, I think we really need to sign a specialist because Fred is not going to do long-term. I think we've had this discussion before. You know, Nindidi at Leicester and Rice at West Ham are obvious candidates. But we, all the noises we've been hearing from Old Trafford is that a striker and a centre-back is a priority, so that doesn't seem like it's going to be fixed. Um. I don't think we can we can win the league if if Fred is our, our number one defensive midfielder. Absolutely not. But we have the option of recalling Jimmy Garner, who's doing really well at Nottingham Forest, and uh, let's have a look at him, give him a decent chance to uh, create a space for himself somewhere in that midfield. If he's good enough, he's he's old enough, let him play. Yes, I, I do intend to talk about uh, Jimmy Garner a bit later on. Um, but the moment we get into the player ratings, um, Dean Henderson, first of all, uh, what would you give him out of 10? I would give him a six. I thought he, he, he didn't have a lot to do. He made one great save. Absolutely no blame for the for the goal from Welbeck. I mean, he wasn't protected by his defence. He made a good save with the first header. Absolutely no chance with a follow-up. Uh, sound, sound game. N- nothing really spectacular. So I'll give him a six, Kyle. Fair enough. Um Armand Basaka for me had a really poor game. What was your thoughts? I only give him a four. I thought both uh, offensively and defensively was very, very poor. And uh, these crosses coming in, uh, he doesn't seem to be on the right side of the attacker. And it, it's getting really worrying. I mean, apart from Shaw, the defence really, to me, now 30 games into a 38-game season looks very ropey. I mean, if we get a free kick conceded against us, I mean... We're, we're all terrified what's going to happen. There's nobody nobody marking. There's nobody organising. It's uh, very, very poor. And he added to it last night. He was very, very poor. I think teams are targeting uh, our right-hand side, Armand Basaka and Victor Lindelof, particularly high crosses into the box because I know we can be got out there because 
Uh, Wan-Bissaka doesn't mark properly at the back post and Lindelof isn't good in the air, as we know. So that's a weakness which teams are, are attempting to exploit. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it worked for Brighton in the first game earlier in the season and they, they had it pinpointed last night to do the same again and it worked for them again, uh, uh, to be frank. It, uh, how many times have we seen the ball go over Lindelof and, and you see him turn around and the, the uh, opposition has a free header at the goal? Goalkeepers can't, can't save uh, direct headers from two, three y- yards out. The, the, the defender has to go up and compete with the centre forward. Uh, Lindelof is, it's amazing. I didn't think he'd play last night, but we didn't know that Baye was unavailable. But what is Axel Kyle doing on the bench? Uh, in a match against Brighton, it's not against the top three or four teams. Could he not have played Axel and given Lindelof's back a rest? No, he's just not giving Axel a chance at all this season. I think he's just going to have to leave for his own career. Um, Lindelof, yeah, it seems like he only plays well against the big teams. Not a great game last night. You know, what, what would you give him out of 10? Oh, I'd only give him a five. Uh, I mean, he's played for the club 150 times. We, we know what his weaknesses are, but the, the, the disappointing thing is the, the opponents know what his weaknesses are. And uh, he was exposed yet again last night. He, he, he simply isn't good enough, as you say, for us to think about getting anywhere. We're 14 points behind. Manchester City, but we need to get a, a regular steady defence. And apart from Luke Shaw, I, I don't see the defence been signed at all at the moment. Well, come on to Harry Maguire now. I thought he had a better game and he has been okay of late. Um, he did make a couple of last just challenges and he was winning his, his aerial duels. And yeah, it was a very decent performance from him. I don't think he did anything wrong, really. I know there was a penalty shout against him, but I think Wilbeck tripped himself up there as the replay showed. So, yes, you know, in the long term, uh, I don't trust Maguire, but I think he's been a bit better lately. What do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give him a six as opposed to Lindelof's five. So that's an improvement from some of the marks he's got recently. But uh, for an £80 million player and captain of the football team, you need a lot, lot more than he, he's producing on a regular basis. I don't know whether the manager is telling him that he has total faith in him and whatever way he plays. I mean, you've referred to before at the other end of the pitch, look at that goal he scored for England. We've seen him miss absolute sitters at that end. And lots of times he he gets up from headers from corners and doesn't direct them anywhere near the target. So I expect a lot more from a player of that value and who's your captain. Yeah, we paid 80 million for him, like you say. So, we expect him to be scoring half volleys in the United shirt, not just an England shirt, for, for that kind of money. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. So uh, we'll come on to Luke Shaw then. Um, another pretty good game. I mean, he's always good on the ball, isn't he? Always good to watch now, very good to watch. It wasn't his best game that he's had so many tremendous games recently. Uh, I'd give him a seven. He was definitely the best defender and will be the best defender on the basis of of what he does at the back and pushing forward. He's very self-confident now. He, could, he can go past the man and cross the ball or cut inside and, and tee the ball up for someone like Bruno coming through from midfield. So he, he's reading the game exceptionally well. Uh, but it's difficult for him to play when players around him are not playing well. He has to, he has to cover for a lot of stuff that's going on there. So he, he, he's, he's really playing well, and I hope he keeps this standard up to the end of the season. 
Yeah, you know he's he's self confident when he's passing the ball to Bruno on the outside of his left foot. <laughs> um, I think he was uh, involved in the second goal as well, involved in the build up to that. So no surprise there. Um, uh, he was in a couple of decent crosses into the box. Um, as Cavani didn't get on the end of, unfortunately. Um, but come on, Cavani later. Don't think it was his best game for United now. So. Fred, uh, I thought he was very disappointing again, but it's not really a surprise at this point, is it? No, no, it's a, I only give him a three, and he's lucky to get a three. I mean, uh, the midfield was particularly poor last night. I thought the creativity was very limited, and uh, Fred is giving the ball away cheaply, putting the rest of the team under pressure. I don't think his, his, his Teammates feel confident in him anymore. The manager still holds a place for him in the first 11. I, I, I would find it very hard to put him on the substitutes bench. He's playing consistently badly. And uh, for 52 million, my goodness me, that was a steal uh, for the club that sold him. Who was the scout that said this guy was good enough to play at the Premier League? I just don't know. Yeah, his passing is woeful and his touch is even worse. Uh, as, as we talked about earlier, thing he brings to the table is his tenacity. And sure, Mir, you could do that. So how is he a fifty-two million pound footballer? Uh, I'm I'm just I'm just fed up with it now. And I know he's not a dislikable guy. You know he works really hard, but we need we have to have better at this football club if we want to win the Premier League. Yeah, and Kyle, the other thing, he doesn't score any goals. I mean, you look at the the City midfield and the, and the. Chelsea midfield, they're all starting to score goals now more over the place. If we don't have Rashford or Bruno scoring goals, you know, Maddich is never going to score you a goal. Uh, it's just fairly limited. We need a goal-scoring midfielder in there. Somebody's going to contribute to the, the overall season with, with goals getting up to double figures, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, the closest to double figures from that position is McTominay at the moment. He's on seven. Yeah, when, uh, like you said earlier, he needs to be playing more regularly. Uh, I don't understand why he was left out of this one. But um, we get on to Pogba, uh, another lethargic display, if you ask me. I know he was involved in the winning goal, but I think that was a bit of a fluke because it, it was a shot and it ended up coming across. Yeah, it was a scuff shot, really. But uh, uh, Pogba, as we all know, is an, an enigma. Kyle, he, uh, in recent weeks, he's improved and the underlying opinion from many fans was that he, he wanted to play well so he could move on somewhere. He has to sell himself. And he went into last night's game on the basis of playing in all three of France's games recently. And we thought, well, he's back uh, match fit and he wants to continue to play well. He wasn't interested last night. He was very, very lethargic. The, the first goal, it was him that gave the ball away in, in midfield. Uh, he tried all his... Uh, long balls, many of them went straight out of play, others went straight to Brighton players just his heart wasn't in it I I, I, I just think that uh, if we can get some money, maybe as you suggest uh, as part of a transfer in from somewhere else across Europe but uh, the guy doesn't want to play for our team, it's perfectly obvious by his body language so a four is good enough in that performance yeah, he should be dominating games against the likes of Brighton, but he, very rarely do we see that. Uh, he just uh, some games he's interested, and some games he's not, and it's it's very very frustrating. Um, like you say, I just think he's on the way out, but he's been on the way out for three years, and he always seemed to be retained. 
uh, for whatever reason, and it wouldn't shock me if it happened again, because um, uh, United would be looking too much money for him, and in the COVID market, uh, you know, the, the teams that might want him will, will not be willing to pay that. Well, if he if he wants to go back to Juventus or go to Spain or or wherever, he needs to start playing at a certain level. I'm sure the 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 uh, coaches at different teams were watching him when he was playing for France. But playing for France when he's more space and more time, when you get into the hustle and bustle of the Premier League, uh, and he wants to play all the stepovers, you don't get time to do that all the time. You have to make time and space for yourself. And if he's not interested in doing that, he he just gets pressed in and then makes mistakes which helped the causes lose a goal uh, to Brighton last night. So really, Solskjaer should see this. Maybe the money people are talking behind the scenes that you have to play him so they can see what he's going to do. But he's, he's not contributing at the moment. OK, moving on to Bruno. A typical Bruno game where he's in and out of the game a lot. Um, not, not one of his best performances, but contributed to both goals. Uh, he keeps doing that a lot. He did, he did. But I wouldn't give him any more than a six, Kyle, because he, a lot of us, he gave the ball away an awful lot. And he, he seemed out of form, whether it was because he was playing with two players in midfield that weren't doing a lot and he felt he had to do everything. And to be fair to the fella, since he's come to the, the club, he has been our main asset, scoring goals and assists, as you know. But uh, I'd give him a six last night. He wasn't exceptional, and but as you say, did contribute to those goals. Yeah, um, so coming on to my man of the match, Mason Greenwood, uh, we've talked about him earlier. Um, he's been playing really well out in that right-hand side, which is not his natural position, we don't think. Um, but great to see him back amongst the goals. Absolutely. I agree. He was my man of the match. I'd give him an eight now. He, uh, that beautiful volley that he had that hit the post, keeper was nowhere near it. That's instinctive, Greenwood. And then the goal, uh, as you said earlier, uh, being in the right place at the right time to knock it in and with his head, which we haven't seen much before. This guy can only get better and better. And he his involvement in the general play, he's moving in and about and laying the ball, spraying it. Oh, saw him spray one lovely ball out to Bruno at the left-hand side of the box. So he has got good vision. And if uh, he, he keeps getting quicker and builds up his, his, his stamina, he will be an asset for years to come, I hope. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. He's got a very exciting future ahead of him. Um, Cavani, uh, I don't think it, it was a very good game from him. Um, he wasn't involved much. Okay, the the service wasn't brilliant, but even when he did have the possession of the football, uh, he didn't do much with it. There was even there's even times where I think Bruno was trying to play like a dummy or, or play we one two with him, but just wasn't on the same wavelength. Uh, not surprised he was substituted. He doesn't look fit anymore at 34, and I think he's on his way out. I think so too. Sadly, I had great hopes for him and that we might get a, a full year out of him, but uh, all the uncertainty, his father talking to the press, as you say, doesn't look fit. He wasn't involved in it. He wasn't running off the ball, creating space for others the way he normally does. His head just wasn't at it last night. He, he, he played very, very poorly, and, and three's the only mark I could honestly give him. Yeah, he talked, his father has uh, criticised the English FA for how they treated him, and uh, he doesn't speak the language or anything. He probably doesn't feel at home in Manchester. And 
Uh, I suppose for, for footballing reasons, he, he he would probably like to stay for for another season. But events off the pitch are, are probably the reason why he, he won't be there anymore. And United probably have reservations about his fitness record. So overall, I, I, I can see him going to Boca or, or somewhere this summer. Yeah, I liked his wee cameo when he did come to the club and he excited us because of his, his uh, like Tevez running off the ball and lovely links. He's a classy footballer, but he's, he's just really coming to the end of his career now. And if he has knocks, it seems to me, I mean, he's been lined up to playing games and then withdrawn very, very late. And you can't make progress for the future if, if, if your forwards aren't, aren't uh, ready to play when called upon. And I'm sure he's also well aware of the fact that United are in the market for number nine this summer. So he's probably thinking next season his playing time is going to be even more reduced. So that'll probably be another reason why the best thing for him to do would be to go back to South America. Yeah, I think you're right. So come on to Marcus Rashford. Um, Like we talked about earlier, did not look fit. uh, But he wasn't able to do any work off the ball. Um, he did score, of course, great finish. Uh, we've seen him do that before, and then, then after that, he had to be taken off. Um, it's a bit concerning. Uh, this injury he seems to be carrying, and the uh, uh, Solskjaer clearly thinks he, he he can't afford to to rest him. Um, so overall, what do you make of his performance? Well, very very poor. Uh, I give him a five simply because he scored a goal, but apart from that, uh. uh he was very slow, wasn't getting involved, um, uh, was running into people, all sorts of stuff. It just didn't happen for him last night. He, he, he didn't look happy and he didn't look fit. Uh, he may have had a conversation with the manager about whether he should start the game. In fact, that's how, how he, he looked out of sorts, Kyle. So five's the best I could give him even with a goal. That's really all he did in the, in the time he was on the pitch. Okay, coming on to the manager now, uh, what would you give him out of 10? I'd, I'd give him a five simply because he got a result, but my goodness me, it was it was a, an awful performance and he put out a team that wouldn't you have thought after the humiliation, that's what I call it against Leicester, going out of a major competition to be played off the pitch the first 45 minutes by Brighton and he sat in a stand, he didn't go down the line start shouting at them. He, he uh, can't... Uh, I mean, some of his tactics is is failure to make substitutions when people are playing badly and clearly are signaling to the bench, really, that they, they're not at the game if they have a wee knock. He doesn't seem to want to react. He lets it go and lets it go. Once we did equalise, I thought, my goodness, he, he won't uh, make a substitute at all now. And he eventually did, but very late. So uh, I give him a five there. I can't understand his team selection at all. No, um it, it, everything, I was. I suppose it was happy enough with the team, apart from the fact that Fred played over McTominay. If 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 that if McTominay played, then that was probably our our, our strongest team. Uh, you could you could argue, um, but yeah, overall you couldn't. You, you can only give the the manager you know a positive score based on the result and nothing else, uh, um, because. Yeah, it was a pretty poor performance and the team selection was a wee bit baffling. So, but wouldn't you have thought, Kyle, that he, the team would have been up having been beaten so badly by Leicester that they would have been in the game right from the start 
that the manager would have fired them up in the dressing room. Sure, the first the, the first half was mediocre. There was no no competition for the ball. They were letting Brighton knock it back left, right, and centre, and he 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 didn't react to that. He has to get the players playing for him. You know, he just can't do sort of. I'm glad there wasn't a crowd there because the crowd would have been very unhappy about the level of performance his team is putting on at the moment. Yeah, they started well for about five minutes in the first half and then they just went to pieces and allowed Brighton to dominate. But you like to think that he had words at halftime because I think Brighton faded in the second half and we were able to get a couple of goals. Um, Yeah, but we cannot continue to start games like that. Uh, we can't. You can't always be a second half team. You, you could be like we've seen against the likes of RB Leipzig. You could be out of sight if you play like that in the first half. So it's, it's something really needs to work on for the rest of this season and going into next season too. Yeah, and also, Kyle, what about these free kicks we're giving away and the defensive work? Surely, some time should be spent between now and next Sunday against Spurs to get the centre halves, whoever it is. Get to Bruno to knock balls in for for quite some time and get them to talk to each other to have some sort of positive reaction because they're they they don't uh, it's like an Irish league defence the way they're playing there at the back when we can see the corner or a free kick. Yeah, I'm always watching the game through my through my, my hands when we concede a free kick or a corner because you're 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 kind of expecting the ball to go into the back of the net. Uh, and if it doesn't, it, it, it very nearly does. It's just, it's real it's squeaky bum time in there when we can see the set piece. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yes, and, and, and offensively as well. We're not particularly great at corners either. It's it's just very, very disappointing. Um, yeah, we, we very rarely score from a corner. Um, we always tend to concede from corners, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's really yeah. annoying. But the, the, the midfield, I mean, that can't be. I mean, I, I agree with you that uh, the, the only obvious change is McTominay for Fred there. But uh, Fred, uh, Pogba and Bruno, I mean, that were the creativity of Pogba isn't on his game or isn't interested. And, and Bruno stretched because nothing else has happened. There was nothing happening there. There's just absolutely uh, nobody like the Bruno who can change a game in a minute. Yeah, they need... Uh, more offensive creativity. It's 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 uh, it's really hard to watch, and that's that. I mean, United's long term thing is about creative football. I can go back to when Dave Sexton was manager. Now Dave Sexton won the last eight games in a row of a football league season when there was forty two games in the season, and yet he was still sacked by the club on the basis that the quality of football they were playing, they were scraping one nils. You have to try to entertain when you have a huge crowd at Old Trafford, 76,000 plus. And, and uh, that sort of mediocrity that we watched in the first half last night. I mean, the, the post-match interview with the manager, oh, it was very difficult because some of them were here and the rest of them were away and it'll take us some time to get our game and our team back together again. I don't think that's good enough. Well, there's lots of other teams in the Premier League that have had many players away in international duty. And they, they don't blame that for... The sort of disappointing first half we saw last night. Well, speaking of uh, lack of midfield creativity, I want to come on to Jimmy Garner now, uh, as, as he was mentioned earlier. At Nine Forest, uh, he's been scoring goals. Uh, he's been getting man of the match awards. He's even captain the team. Uh, do you think he's worthy of a place in United's first team next season? 
Well, he's worthy of the opportunity next season. He shouldn't be loaned out again once his period of loan at Nottingham Forest comes to an end. This is a player I've been watching for maybe two, two and a half years come through the under 23s. And he is a very confident ball player. He takes free kicks, takes corners, takes penalties. Uh, the game can revolve around him because he, he he's sort of a player like like Glenn Hoddle years ago who can spray the ball from left to right, like Skolji used to do without thinking about it. And uh, if he's given the 10-game the run and, and given the opportunity by the current management, he, he could be a long-term player for us. But you must give the fellow the opportunity. Well, we've seen what, what's happened with Mason Mount when he was given the opportunity. He played on loan at Derby County in the Championship. Then he was given the opportunity in the Premier League for Chelsea. And now he's the first name in the team sheet for Chelsea. Yes, that's that's what it's about. It's been having confidence in your young players and uh, finally deciding that other players, Fred, for example, are just not up to the level required and, and trying a different option. We won't have the money, as you've referred to earlier, maybe to get every position filled that we need badly. And if we don't get a defensive midfield or a mid, let's, let's, let's see a bit of Jimmy Garner and see if he's up, up to it. Because I believe he, he will produce if he's given long enough in the, in the first team. Well, it seems as if we've got uh, Champions League football sewing up for next season. We're 11 points clear of fifth position. And you would expect him to go all out and try and win a trophy now. So I would like to see him play his strongest team uh, against Granada in the first leg and maybe win that uh, 2-3-0 and then afford him the opportunity to rotate in the second leg especially with uh, Tottenham coming up as well. So do you think the likes of uh, Van der Beek and Ahmad will be, will be given opportunities in, uh, across these Granada and Tottenham games? Well, I, I, knowing the manager as I do, I would probably say no to that, much as I would like that to happen. I, 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 I don't think Ole is brave enough. He'll, he'll, uh, they, they, there's no doubt that the club wants to announce that he's getting a, a, a further extension to his existing contract another three years. There's just somebody behind the scenes, Woodward or whoever, uh, has to decide when it's going to be announced. And uh, he needs a good result and a good win. So he'll play his strongest team, what he sees as his strongest team, until that's announced. So I, I expect him to go with maybe the, the, the team he normally picks, except I expect David Hay to replace Hendel in that. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll, he'll play what he regards as the strongest team in the first leg against Granada and hopefully put the tie to bed. And then he'd probably play close to his strongest team against Tottenham. And he'll be happy enough with the draw in that game, given the circumstances, I think. And then we might see, see some rotation against Granada in the second leg, but that is obviously pending on the result in the first leg. Uh, yeah, well, Granada were beaten badly at, at home on, on Saturday in Spain, and Spurs aren't playing particularly well at the back at the moment, so they're, they're both games that we could win comfortably if we're offensive and, and don't sit back and, and wait for things to happen. We should be in the front foot, Kyle, and trying to win these games. Yeah, I definitely think we're capable of scoring goals against Spurs, but I can easily see Harry Kane getting one or two at the other end as well. <laughs> oh, I think so. I, I think so. He, he's a top-class player, and uh, he knows the weaknesses of our central defence. So, uh, yeah, he's likely to score. It's going to be a matter of can we score more than they do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's a game that Mourinho needs to win more than Solskjaer. He's a man under huge pressure because... 
they need a place in the top four and you know ours is more comfortable um yeah so uh, ho- hopefully Mourinho doesn't doesn't set up and, and and play for the draw like he quite often does and make another boring 90 minutes but on the basis of what we saw against Newcastle you know it, it should be an exciting game and I, I, like I said I think Ollie would take the draw in that game considering I think we're now four points clear of Leicester and we're 11 points clear of fifth position and he'd be he'd be happy enough you know just to to get a, a draw in that game what do you think? Yeah, I think he'd probably be happy with that. I mean, uh, apart from the Greenwood performance last night, the best thing the manager can say is we got a result. It's another three points. And it takes some of the pressure off as the gap between uh, Chelsea and Spurs in the league grows bigger. But uh, let's we want to build now for what the prospect is for next season. So we want to we want to see a wee bit of Am- Ahmad playing a bit more and... and uh, uh, maybe short here, getting a, a half some game. We want to want to have a look at some of these players because we've seen enough of, of Maric and Fred, these boys. We need to get some fresh blood into the team. And if we're well clear and definitely going to qualify for the top four, they should be given a, an opportunity, I think. Yeah. And, and speaking of next season, do you think uh, we, we could get Erling Haaland to the club? Because it seems as if the, the Spanish giants are in for him, possibly Bayern Munich, PSG, City, Chelsea, Liverpool... That seems a lot of competition there. Do you think that, uh, given his relationship with, with Solskjaer, do you think is it a possibility that we could see him at Old Trafford next season? Uh, I think that's what we need. And I think Ollie knows that's what we need. Uh, the biggest chance we have is the relationship, as you say, between the two Norwegians. But uh, it's it's the, the total transfer plus the agent's fee. And... Uh, it could turn out that we could get the player but wouldn't be able to buy anybody else. It's a, As you say, it's a combination of trying to unload uh, players like Lingard, Fred, Pogba, possibly. Martial, I'd like to see go get some money for those players and then be able to buy two top quality players, Highland being one and maybe Declan Rice being the other with bringing Jimmy Garner back to strengthen the midfield. Uh, so it'll be very difficult. Money will talk here, and, and Manchester City have a lot more of it, it appears to me, than United have. Yeah, uh, another priority is obviously a centre-back. Um, ben White has been talked about. I think he had he played pretty well last night. He didn't press me. So that that, that could be like a like it, you said there, if we spend a chunk of our transfer kitty on Holland, then we'll have to look at a more a cheaper option at the back, and, and, and Ben White could be that. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't think we're going to spend 100 million on both positions. Uh, I think we're going to have to be creative. And if we, we make a marquee signing up front, it's going to have to be a cheaper option at the back. Uh, but that's, that's down to the new director, John Murto, and his assistant, Darren Fletcher, to, to, to get those decisions right. Um, that's the reason why they're there, to be creative in the market and find solutions that are, that are not expensive. Yes, and, and one thing we want, Kyle, is that these deals are done early enough. If we, our recent pattern of leaving it to transfer day and, and getting bogged down in, in discussions with agents, the other clubs now are, are moving quickly. We want these players in the team before we go, for example, on a pre-season tour. So let's, if, if we've decided to create these two posts for those two people you mentioned, let, let them prove their value by getting discussions underway with clubs and getting players signed as early as possible. 
Yes, absolutely. We want to have players in for, for pre-season. Uh, Haaland will not be playing at the Euros, so we should be able to get that deal done you know, fairly early if it is going to happen. Um, and another bit of news that came out last night was Eric Bailly has tested positive for COVID. He doesn't seem to have any luck when it comes to in- injuries or illness. That is the fifth time that he's come back from international duty with with, a, with an injury or an illness. It just seems to be, if it's not one thing, it's another. That's very sad. It's a player that I have a lot of time for, and he has a lot of ability. But you, you just can't you just can't carry players like that. Uh, I think uh, Solskjaer really has uh, given up on him now. I think I didn't mention him, but there's another player you may be able to get some money for. You know, you have Axel in the background, and as you say, we may sign a, a new centre half, but we definitely need one. But I I will remember by with fondness when he was on his game and playing regularly. Uh, he was a, a wonderful option to have with his pace coming out from the back. But 100 games in four, four and a half years, Kai, is not good enough. The money you're paying for the outlay is, is not worth it. Yeah, we've seen this type of player in the past where they've got loads of ability, but they just can't stay fit. Uh, it's just, it's very disappointing. And if this is his last season, then uh, we will look back on him fondly and we wish him all the best. So we'll go ahead and leave it there. Thanks for coming on again, Nigel. And I'll see no, you again. No problem, Kai. Talk soon.